Monogamish contains content intended for mature audiences. The views expressed here are for entertainment purposes only. Please enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. And so, did you feel like you had anybody to talk to at that time? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, no. No. Uh, Which makes it even harder. Right? And I bet you that's the case for a lot of people in this situation, is that they feel lonely and... Well, and, and, and I, could, I, I have to at least relate that there, I could have talked to family. I could have talked to people that I felt closest to. But there's still a nature of fear there of, you know, uh, perfect like this MGM Grand song puts it, forgiving who you are for what you had to gain. Just know that if you hide, it doesn't go away. Right. Welcome to Monogamish. I'm Justina. And I'm Kenji. And we're, we're Monogamish. Monogamish. Here we are. Another great show. I know. Yes. Had an amazing couple. Just met him tonight. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Genesis and Even. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So beautiful. It really was. And it highlighted this episode, the struggle, you know, because we started doing this to help people get through the struggle of living in an ethically non-monogamous life right. and not mm-hmm. having flack for it mm-hmm. and being able to be true to themselves. And we run across multiple stories like this, but Yvonne had a whole another multiple layers of shit that she had to get through and deal with besides her lifestyle choices. Mm-hmm. So she has to deal with her gender identity and changing that and dealing with the backlash. And there's a, you know still a lot of hate around that community. Yeah, I know. And so sad. It really is. For and no so, reason. Right? At all. And so she had to deal with that. Then she had to deal with her queerness, her own sexuality, mm-hmm. what she identified with and who she's attracted to and, and what she's looking for in a partner before she had her trans and, bef- and after she's having to deal with mm-hmm. this. Yeah. And then you have that third layer of the lifestyle. And so right. she has to go through so much shit. By the time she gets to to the relationship status part, she's like, "Who gives a fuck what you guys think about I know. my relationship status?" Because Love you've it. already told you told me what you think about my sexual identity and my sexual orientation and my gender. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really eye opening to see somebody that has to go through oh all God. that and the struggles that you know she tears up on the show, and mm-hmm. you can really tell she's speaking from the heart and she genuinely has been through it. She's mm-hmm. had a struggle. She has. And, and unfortunately, I don't think there's a lot of people in the trans community or in the gay community or LGBTQA or in the lifestyle that haven't been on some level of that. But she's had to take it from all three ways. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, some people like it all three ways. <laughs> 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 what a truly, like, gorgeous soul. Well, you and know? It's and you have to be. Yeah. She's gone through that journey of really not being able to be who she is. And so now that she is able to have that chance, falling in love with herself. Mm-hmm. And and we talk about it again on the show all the time. You guys got to love yourself before you can love anybody else. That's right. And it's beautiful to see. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. It's definitely a unique one. Oh, yeah. Grab a drink, grab some weed, and enjoy the show. And if you want to support us, head over to our website, and you can get a direct link to our cash app. Mm-hmm. It's uh- Monogamish Podcast, all one word, no dashes. Or to our Patreon, where you can support us on a regular basis and get access to all of our exclusive content and events. Join our ish list. Do it! You can find out when we're going to have events in our area, as well as when we're going to be opening up the new club and all the things that are going on. So definitely head over there, and you can keep in touch with us and find out what we're up to. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Bye, ishes. We have a great show today. I know. I know. Today, just met this wonderful couple. Yep. Please, beautiful ladies, couple. beautiful couple. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Please, ladies, introduce yourselves. Um, so uh, my name is Yvonne. Um, what else can I really say outside of that? Uh, what should I say outside You're of right. that? And, and who's next to you? And who is next to you, Yvonne? Well, who'd you bring with you? For, for autonomy purposes, I'll, I'll go into that after she introduces herself. Wonderful. Okay. For herself. Perfect. I'm Genesis. Okay. Hi, Welcome, Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> um, so we're we're actually nesting partners. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. How long have you been together for? Oh, uh, you're in some change, as you put it. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I said that like a month ago, and then I think it's like almost a year and a half now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So start from the beginning with 
how you grew up and how you've landed to where you guys are today. So just like a little synopsis there. Uh, any longtime Coloradans here? Oh, well, he was born and raised. I was born and then my parents Left. were in the military. So we traveled Lucky. mostly all over Europe and then came back from Italy. Hey, you both have something to share with me then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> where are you from? I'm from Aurora. Oh, okay. Oh, you can't say it like that, so though. Like, hey. <laughs> no. Hey. Chambers and Colfax. Oh, yeah. They, they can't say nothing about that. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Woods. That's my nigga. Yeah. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Been down that way plenty of times. That's also where really close to the Mont Chalet, which is like fun. Not, not related, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, not related. Not even known until I was already like adult and I was just like, get the fuck out of Aurora and don't go back. Right? <laughs> Dude, it's Most like people don't even realize what it is. They drive right by it. Nondescript freaking hotel, right? <laughs> You're just like, Dude, that's uh, where some shit goes down? Uh, okay. No, yeah. Like, no, staying off of Colfax, even though ironically, yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so you're from Colorado. From Colorado. Yeah. Been here your whole life? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, man. There's very few natives anymore. Like, right? You can't even find Colorado plates, it feels like, when you drive on the streets well, anymore. <laughs> I don't necessarily think that's so bad of a thing. I, I do like the idea of, of you know, matriculation and, and taking in new ideas and not 100%. necessarily homogenizing. I don't like the romanization of that. I kind of like more so the sharing, the melting pot. Like, let's actually yeah. take a pick of everything here. Right. The diversity. Um, you know, I would just like to say on behalf of most of Coloradans, you have to realize we're kind of more so on a work of avoidance around you on the road. So we love you. Please drive safe and understand <laughs> that we are either keeping back or trying to get really far ahead and we'll get out of your way. All right. Especially yeah. when it's snowing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, we wish you would just get the fuck over to the side <laughs> and let Colorado just drive in it. <laughs> yeah. So you, you've you stayed here your whole life. How did you grow up? Uh, I Very, like, kind of oddly poor. Okay. Okay. Uh, like mom, dad, brothers, sisters? Uh, two uh, older sisters. Okay. Mm-hmm. One married, uh, two kids. The other married, possibly looking at what they can do for in vitro or adoption because they are um, lesbian. Okay. Oh. Okay. And then, and then the black sheep. The black sheep. <laughs> yeah. Aren't we all? I'm. I'm right? black sheep. <laughs> oh man. So were your parents married? Were they monogamous? Are they still married? No. Okay. Definitely started monogamous. Okay. Uh, and then ended up uh, monotonous. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, monogamous to monotonous. Right? <laughs> I'm all about that crime and punishment. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. God damn it. Okay. Yeah, right up my wife's I alley. Know, <laughs> so you grew, you were born a boy. Assumed that anyway. Okay. Yeah. And you went through how how old were you when you realized this is not who I am? <laughs> okay. So it it really happened about when I jumped into modeling. Oh. Okay. Um, there was a lot of a lot of very uh, emotionally traumatic and and confusing moments at my point in time then, especially like feeling like I was really getting into the adult thing and like I had to do the best adult thing and you know, move to, you know, like Capitol Hill and live, uh, live something a little bougie and nice, uh, you know, uh, repair tech out in the Winfield and um, really like doing things with green energy like you always wanted to do. And maybe you didn't finish your degree, but here you are working with engineering anyway. Mm. Happy, but lost and blank and sad. Oh, oh. man. Sorry to hear that. Um, and how old were you at this time? I guess I prefer not to say like a little mystery okay, about that. No worries. Cool. That's okay. That's perfectly okay. We want you to feel comfortable and never feel like you have to answer any questions that yeah, we ask. Of course. <laughs> um, but really, you know, a- as of that point, um, I was getting into acting again because I did a lot of that when, when I was in high school. Oh, yeah. How can you not tell that I'm not queer? <laughs> I'm the theater kid. <laughs> so here I am. Um, getting back into acting again, and it was really nice. I was actually sourced out, so oh, wow. somebody knew my, it, or at least had seen me or uh, had my acting resume. So it was awesome. So I got pulled for that, um, oh, and yeah. it was for like a lot of, just like, <laughs> dinner theater stuff. It was really fun. <laughs> I was, oh, that's I know, awesome. but it was like, 
traveling and travel pay and stuff like that. And oh, oh fuck, how fun. Fuck yes. yes. That sounds like a blast. Right? Yeah. Like I, a party every night. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and there are like new things that I want to break ground on personally before I try to go further with anything in acting. But um, I jumped into modeling. Well, I got pulled into modeling because of the acting. Uh, somebody saw me, found me. Okay. There, who was right. also working for the same troupe. So then I got pulled into uh, Denver Unique's Week of Fashion. Oh, oh wow. hell yeah! How exciting! Congratulations! Yeah. Um, and I had been modeling there since about 2018. Okay. And so during modeling, you realized that something you found something that you were missing. Yeah. Well, I I guess I'll I'll uh. I don't know uh, the best term that I can put for it, but uh, do you know what, like, queer panic is? No. As a term, as a reference? No. Explain That's it, please. Just, like, a little bit of slang that kind of refers to this idea of, like, moment where you just kind of, you, you see something, you have a sensation about something that just kind of, like, sinks in the heart because maybe the way you were taught or the things that you were told, you just kind of feel like, is this wrong? Is this right? It feels right. It feels good. Right? You feel oh. it like, this is beautiful. This is what happens for, you know, a lot of people in the queer community we're like finding out they're bisexual or that they are gay or, or that they are pan or maybe even that they're ace is that they just kind of get to these feelings that are just like what is like wrong with me well, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. we're just taught in that way to feel like it's wrong because it's not the same it's not normal right. so for trans people those is something that i would like to relate is that it, it sometimes feels all of a sudden a lot worse and a lot scarier of a place to be um there's no good term that I can give for this right now that isn't already related to a very disturbing legal term across a few or many states in the United States. But let's just say that it is, you know, your trans thought, your trans moment. Mm-hmm. Same kind of feeling as this queer panic, except it's about yourself. And it's something like looking in the mirror and seeing someone who isn't there. Or like wow. looking at someone whom, who you aren't. Wow, okay. Um, it's scary. It's it's weird. Uh, it happens for trans people quite a bit. Oh, wow. It isn't even something that isn't just like, you know, all of a sudden, all at once. Mm-hmm. Right. The gears click. It's something that all along the way, there are just little subtle or even major hints that honestly terrify you. Wow. Because you, you don't want to show this because to a lot of people, this is really wrong. Mm-hmm. And so did you feel like you had anybody to talk to at that time? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, no. Just, no. Uh, Which makes it even harder. Right. And I bet you that's the case for a lot of people in this situation is that they feel lonely. And well, and, and, and I, get, I, I have to at least relate that there I could have talked to family. I could have talked to people that I felt closest to. But there's still a nature of fear there of, you know, uh, perfect like this MGM grand song puts it, forgiving who you are for what you had to gain. Just know that if you hide, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like how much I wanted to hold on to aspects of my cisgendered life just for the sake of lying to myself. Like keeping the status it goes quo. all along the way in small bits and small pieces until finally you look at yourself and you go like, I have never felt sexy before until now. Wow. And I, ca- I gotta say, you look amazing. You uh, walked yeah, in here. Right? I wish the camera could see her shoes. Oh my god! These stilettos Thank are you. off the hook. You're gonna put, you're gonna put your leg up there a little <laughs> yes. bit later. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> so you found who you were, and and it probably took some time though to make that feel a hundred percent like you. Yeah. And and you know I I guess I I was kind of cracking at at my egg very methodically rather than just cracking all the way through and maybe rushing myself into something that I wasn't ready for. Mm-hmm. That's something that should be considered as well when we're talking about like trans medicine amongst uh, youth and minors. That it, it really just comes down to a point that you can consult and talk about and try and experiment safely and figure out is this who you are. Mm-hmm. As adults, we can do that cerebrally to ourselves very well we're very methodical we're very neurotic creatures so mm-hmm. of course we talk to ourselves about these kind of things it's coaching it's therapy right but you got to let kids do it at a much longer pace at least that they can feel comfortable at 
Oh yeah. And that's what it really comes down to then is that I I didn't run into this. I I crawled into it. I I went and slid into you know like gender nonconformity. You know I, I felt like really aspiring to artists like Bowie, like the artist formerly known oh, as yeah. Prince, oh, yeah, or even yeah. then just looking at Tim Curry. So beautiful <laughs> as as he was, and like also a little bit of slight of that queer panic of just kind of like, oh, do I also like people that just really look feminine? Mm. I kind of wonder. Yeah. So, did your sexuality change? Like, who were you attracted to before and after? Did that change? Mostly on femininity. Um, okay. it's oh. it's a. I mean, I can allow myself the freedom to like discover what that means to me but i, I don't know just kind of like move over forrest gump it's not life is like a box of chocolates it's love is like a box of chocolates you never know who you're gonna like next so don't don't arbitrarily exclude until you've actually honestly tried because maybe maybe it's not all nougat but maybe it's just all nougat in this box that you don't want like that you don't have to explain that anymore to anyone than the point of just kind of like i like this person i'm doing something more with them yeah right that's it 100 percent. and it's none of their fucking business anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> so genesis tell us about you growing up were your parents married uh yeah my parents were married i was told like a month after they had met my mom was from mexico originally and she went to Utah to visit, and she ended up getting a green card with my dad and staying. Um, so she met him, like, on a vacation? Yeah. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. It just never went back. Never went back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and she tried We had a kid that tried to do that. He went on vacation and decided that he was never going to come back. Oh. <laughs> he just turned 18. Yeah. Oh, wow. Get the fuck out there. <laughs> Don't come back. <laughs> So your your parents obviously met each other, fell in love, had this. Had, <laughs> yes. She had to stay. There was no going yep. back. Yeah. Um. So they met in Utah, like I said. So I was born in Utah. Um. Five days after my little brother had been born, we had moved to Colorado because my dad was like running away from warrants and stuff oh. in Utah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, over the mountains. Right. We're, we're going. We're, let's go. Exactly. So that's when my dad was supposed to change and become a better person because he was an alcoholic and a drug addict at the moment. Oh. And he tried to change. So he would, all the way up until I was 12, he was in and out of, like, the drug abuse. Okay. And um, the last time I saw him, I remember him telling me, um, or the last time I, like, really had a chance to talk to him and see him, he was like... Uh, if I end up drinking tomorrow, just know it's not your fault. And um, I was like, oh. well, damn. Damn, right? Yeah. God. So then after that, um, my parents got divorced. My mom was very religious, so it was also, like, very hard for her to deal with something oh, like wow. this. When, like, yeah. So she was very religious, so I was growing up, and I had only missed, like, three Saturdays of church my whole entire oh, life. Wow. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. my gosh. She was hardcore religious. Was it, like, every day of the week, too? or was um, just... She would have us read the Bible every day of the week, oh, or wow. at least try to get us to read the Bible mm-hmm. if she wasn't so tired from work. And then, um, <laughs> so then we'd do that, but we'd go to church, like holidays and at least once a week sometimes it'd be like two or three times a week but it was at least once a week wow yeah okay okay so when did you first start discovering your sexuality then um i feel like i had known for a very long time but didn't really know because i didn't really understand what that meant to me um i had known since i would i would say until like ever since i was in first grade oh wow yeah um I had, like, had feelings for a friend, um, but it was very confusing because, obviously, I wasn't allowed to, like, girls because this whole time it was, I'm only allowed to, like, boys. And so, like, growing up, I would have these weird nuances with girls. And then when I hit middle school, I finally found out what it even is, like, what that means. And so I was, like, 
I guess I'm bi and my mom I would not have told my mom I never told my mom like directly Mm -hmm. she had gone through messages and had found out and then um so you had to like was she checking up on you stuff like that and that's how she found out or she was just like uh she was like look she would always look through any chance she got she would be nosy and she'd look through our personal things yeah that's so interesting (laughs) yeah sorry to hear that that's hard so she like uh did that and she found out that i was bi or um what is the word pansexual (laughs) (laughs) i forgot um and so she had told me you're just confused blah 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 and then another friend had told her that I was bi, a friend from church that told oh. me I was bi. So I was like, I'm safe. I can tell her. And she ended up telling my mom. Oh, oh gosh. Fuck. Yeah. And so um, it was so confusing because this was around the time that I was about to move out. And she was so upset at me. And she's like, how could you have never let me know this? How I've never known this. How could you do this to me? And I'm just here like, you're the one that didn't want to listen. Right. <laughs> like, there have been signs. Like, I have flat out told a friend that you had read that. And you had read that message. So, right. come on now. How did you not know? <laughs> right. She just was in denial. Yeah. Can, mm-hmm. can I add a little addendum here? Or can I yeah. just put a pin in this for later? Uh, that's up to you. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. I, just like an almost like for the record thing when it comes mm-hmm. to parenting, like some 101 right here uh-huh. of lessons, you know, like what not to do oh, yeah. to do better. Um, don't victim blame your fucking children for when they don't come out or when they don't come to you immediately, all right? You are not their only source of, of like family and intimacy. And furthermore, if they don't come to you, it is because you have done something or are doing something to make them feel unsafe. Like harsh language but eat a dick at that point like stop victim blaming (laughs) if you want people to talk to you about their problems you have to give them a safe place to talk about their problems Mm -hmm. and you can't victim blame them for that that makes you sound even shittier thank you thank you speak truth sorry truth no you had you had to get it out it was trigger warning (laughs) what are you sorry for yeah don't apologize don't don't apologize (laughs) you're good you're good <laughs> so your mom, you want to finish? Your mom, she she obviously was upset, but also in denial because she had seen these messages before. Yeah, so she's still. I would say she's still in denial. Is um, she? How long ago was that? If you don't mind me asking. That I had told her, or mm-hmm. that that was like two years ago. I think. Okay. Oh, okay. So okay. she's she known for a while and still isn't accepting of it. Yeah, she's not. Yeah. Um, she had once told me that she accepts that I don't go to church, but, like, it's very, it's obviously a lie because then she'll tell me, she's like, you should read the Bible every day. (laughs) She's like, please pray for me. She's like, you have to pray, please. That's all you have to do. She's like, she'll be like, all you have to do is pray. And then I told her, I was like, I sometimes pray not to, like, God, but, like, because I feel like we're all connected Mm -hmm. and I pray to our connection, basically. And she was like, okay, the next step is to read the Bible. Oh, and my God. Like, <laughs> it can't just be spiritual. It has to be religious, yeah. right? And she's like, yeah. come on now. Exactly. God. It's never enough unless it's exactly her religion. Oh, my gosh. So did you have any brothers and sisters? Yeah. So I had a older half-brother from my dad's last marriage. Okay. I hadn't – I, like, saw him during the summers up until I think I was – um eight to ten somewhere around there okay um i haven't seen him since so yeah he hated our dad so that was also another reason why i hadn't seen him for so long oh god um and then i have a younger brother and he is trans so it was also weird for my mom because she's just my mom is also in denial she's like he's just she's she's just a tomboy are you serious So wow, that, that's what I was wondering. So you wow. have yeah. your mom just is so religious that she just can't see any other way. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. How old is your brother? Um, he's almost eighteen. He's seventeen right now. Oh. So yeah. Oh. Um, going to the same shit that you were, huh? Yeah. Oh man. Oh. But I feel like we gave him a nice home. 
Yeah. Well, good. like right now he's like living with us. Um, oh, because, good. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That That's is amazing. awesome. Yeah. That is amazing. Right on. Right I really on. wanted they, to just give something back that I couldn't get myself. That's beautiful. That is. That is. That's that really is loving. That is so beautiful. Yeah. Right? Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So how so how long have you guys been together? Um, year and, year and change. Yeah, year and some change. <laughs> and so you are considered her nesting partner. You're, you're nesting yeah. partners with each other. Mm-hmm. And you both are polyamorous. Mm-hmm. And how long, is, how long have you known that you guys were like that? <laughs> We've known our whole relationship. Okay. 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 So it started our, that way. Our relationship, yeah, started that way. Do we really want to go into another history lecture? Professora? <laughs> 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 Let's start yes. this. Go ahead. Um, So uh, uh, along one of those kind of lines of like red flags or warnings in your life about like you may be different possibly in, in some way or another is that I, I kind of had a, a very glompy mentality when it came to a lot of my relationship structures. And it wasn't because I was dissatisfied or disinterested in any one person. I just felt like I had interest for multiple people. Okay. Um, you know, a- as a kid, it was just kind of weird because I didn't really have much of a structure for that. But, like, then suddenly middle school happened and I was hot. And, and doing, like, the gothy thing. And then all of a sudden, like, I, I have all these different regards of my emotions. I start building on that. And, like, having moments where I just kind of feel like, oh, no, oh, no, based off of a pseudo-Christian idea, I'm adulterous. Like, I, I, I uh, can't find satisfaction with one person. So maybe my crutch to bear is that I just have to be single. Like, just oh, avoid damn. people. But then maybe also the fact that I got a little bit of a dark side and I want to explore my sexuality too. Like, no, I can't. Like, secret, secret, secret. Everything was just a secret for me. Oh, my God, right? And you're struggling with so much because there's so many levels because you have your gender, your sexuality, and now this idea that, oh, I'm interested in more than one person. Right. And almost the shame that comes with feeling like you're adulterous. Yeah. Oh, and I was such a little shit too. (laughs) (laughs) I was not ethical Uh, to a large degree. Oh, shit. Um. Uh, like a famous one that I would do constantly throughout high school is that I might have like a few people interested in me at once, kind of keeping like this juggling act going because in my mind, I had this, you know, sick little love roulette going on that the last one who stays is the one that has enough patience and, and you know, tolerance oh, for me. Wow. So that must be how I find the one. Oh, wow. Because so I don't want to like put anyone like... down. I kind of like yeah. all of you, but like... Who wants to stick around? God, you're playing like this life game, you know, like with yourself. Right. God. Had you ever ever been on the other side of that? Had anybody ever cheated on you? Oh yeah, I kept not necessarily. Well, that's so weird. Okay, Uh, my concept and my feelings towards like human intimacy is way askew. I am. I know I'm autistic, and I don't necessarily think it has anything to do with that. But just in case if anyone wants to look at neurodivergency as well. I do tend to look at things a little bit differently in our world, uh, mm-hmm. very categorically and very alphabetically. Okay. Like reading. Okay. okay. Like being able to list these things. So um, being on the other side of that and the idea or feelings of cheating are a little bit weird for me. If I feel like I am locked with this person and that they are hiding things from me in general, that feels bad. So I know what that feeling is like. I know mm-hmm. what that burning, sinking feeling is like. And yeah, it, ter- it made me feel very bad, very vicious, very like toxic. So then um, when it comes then to intimacy and how that was shared is I kind of thought in my mind, well, I'm not dating you and you're not dating me. So I don't really care what shenanigans you get up to. But, you know, as long as I'm not an advocate to your cheating, then I guess I'm fine. Okay. Although I was not so very ethical on the reverse side of that one if somebody wanted to use me for their cheating, which I should have had better standards. But um, in any case, I think a lot of it came down to, you know, that if I didn't feel like I was bonded to this person and, you know, just one day they decide to be with someone else, then that's whatever. I can still be a decent human and not a shit friend and still talk to them. Because also I was in desperate need of girl attention. Yeah. Something that I noticed in my life had almost nothing to do with the sexual parts of things and more so to do with the revelry of it. Like, I need someone to talk to. I'm around a lot of 
nerdy guys, <laughs> and that's fine. Because you're an engineer. That's no, <laughs> I mean that's just also kind of like a safe space, as it were. Like okay. for a neurodivergent kid, a little bit hard to make solid friends, but at least if you can all do video games for a little bit, then I can feel a little bit validated. But what I'd really like to talk to is my feelings. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. That's something that I knew early on well enough. So anyone who would kind of move on from me for another relationship, I still wanted to be friends. I still tried to be friends. Mm -hmm. I still kept up texting. Okay. Mm -hmm. You wanted to keep that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because love is not lost. Usually, you know. No. When, if you love somebody or had love some for somebody at one point, most of the time, unless they've done something to really hurt you, that love isn't lost. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, connections with people are, like, right. what run this world, right. you for, know? For and polyamorous people, I should just make a little addendum here. I like to call this shrink-wrapped love, especially for the polyamorous and hopefully not so sour in saying the non-hierarchical polyamorous relationships mm -hmm. I call a shrink-wrapped love versus a Tupperware. Because a lot of times what I'll see within people who are sourcing their monogamy, maybe they are monogamous or maybe they're just doing the thing because that's what they have to do, mm -hmm. tend to Tupperware their love, like... Oh, well, they sort of fit, and I sort of can't deal with these boundaries and whatever. It, maybe it seems like a toxic relationship, but it mostly fits the bowl, mm -hmm. right? So let's just lid this off. This is what I have. The moment that I feel a loss or disconnection, you know, from here, I just dump the whole Tupperware and start new and hope the next person, singular, fills this. Mm. From a polyamorous standpoint, I ended up finding that I valued all of the connections that I had more so than just physically you know, the intimate parts or even romantically the interest parts is that I wanted to be close to this person, some amount of kinship, something like mm -hmm. family. And so I called it shrink wrap love. They are completely shrink wrapped on the shelf. If they are taken out of the package, there's nothing else that will fit that shape except them. Mm. So there, there is no substitution, right? When it's a loss, it's just a loss in your heart. There, there is no amount of extra partners that you can have or dates that you can go on that can make up for the one person that you lose. So it's really hard to think when people don't think that it's like a valid relationship form or that there are any actual long-term goals because I have long-term goals. Mm -hmm. One of the best analogies comes from my bestie, Molly. Mm -hmm. And she always used to say, nobody questions if I love all of my children. Exactly. Why do they question yeah. <laughs> if they love if I love all of my boyfriends? <laughs> you know. And that's so true because you're that love isn't any different from child to child. Mm -mm. And with her, we see it firsthand. We're really Fuck. close with them and she's you know, she's polyamorous. She has a husband and two boyfriends. And we see the love that she has for each individual person. And it's the same thing. Like that shouldn't you shouldn't be restricted on who you love. Mm -hmm. At all. So when did you figure out, when did you have your first polyamorous relationship? Was it prior to her? Uh, kind of, yes. I was, like, experimenting in the poly relationship because um, I had realized that either I'm lesbian or I'm having very bad problems with keeping a relationship. So I was mm. trying to figure out if it was just, like, maybe I just need to be with girls. So I was dating this girl who's also dating somebody else. Um, I feel like the setup was not very good at all. Mm. You should probably always ask a good amount of like relationship questions, like what you expect out of the relationship, right. which we didn't really do. Um, yeah, so it was a bit hierarchical. So um, she kind of put her boyfriend first most of the time. So it gave me like a really sour taste after like thinking about going back into the polyamorous space because I was like, that side. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. like a side piece. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which happens frequently. You know, there's, especially in the lifestyle, there's a lot of people that come out and, and bash unicorn hunters <laughs> or <laughs> things yeah. like that. And I, but I understand for good reason. There's a lot of people that will come out there and use a, a person like that for their benefit in their relationship and mm -hmm. not treat them equally. And that's not fair to anybody. Yeah. And so like, I was also having trouble with that because I was like talking to this girl and I was talking to another girl, mm -hmm. um, who is like, she, we had met when she was single and we had messed around when she was single. And then she got back into the relationship with her 
partner. Ah. <laughs> and then she's like, we can just be friends. <laughs> and then we were friends and then other stuff happened. And then she ended up breaking up with both of us at the same time. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Damn. So you guys knew. We did. So it was more like a. They did not know about me and her. Oh, okay. So yeah. she was cheating. Oh, she was yeah, she was, she, oh, she was God. a cheater. And, like, I guess I hadn't thought about it like that at the moment because, like, I was just, like, feeling like we were together at that moment and then we were almost dating and then she right got into back into her last relationship. And so I was like, well, you're not really getting much from this relationship either, it sounds, because they were having a lot of troubles. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like... Um, yeah, we can just be friends, but I'm pretty sure that she laid the first moves on me. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I was like, um, yeah. Um, so you got out of that relationship. Yeah. So and then, then you guys, how did you guys meet? We actually met off of Tinder. <laughs> oh, there no you problem. go. There's nothing wrong with that. We, we meet quite a few couples that like have met have that met, way. Or have yeah. met online in general. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's the way to go now, especially well, like uh, these uh, days with right. COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's, right? It's 2021, bitches. Like, telecommunications have broadened farther past than just your standard email days. Like, we're getting to the point where we're actually getting to know people either farther from us or closer to us. Like, it's right. a big world out there, and we live in such right. a finitely small one. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody okay. has their own little bubble. <laughs> yeah, you know, and like, yeah, try to get into your bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Behave. <laughs> so you guys met on Tinder, and instantly knew y- you had that connection, and you both wanted to be polyamorous. Oh yeah. Um. Well, and and to this as well, I was already actively dating. Um, at this point in time, it was two and a half partners. Okay. Um, two and a half partners. Yeah. Before <laughs> I, I, before I, I met Genesis, you were the half oh, partner. No, no, you. Before, was it the bottom half before, or the top half? Before, <laughs> no, before before I met Genesis, there was a half already in development with uh, with someone that I had actually uh, actively gone on one date with because they were actually moving out of Colorado during the pandemic. They had lost their job. Oh. Um, and she's a great artist and everything, and so she was moving back to Texas to basically like. Um, take up her mother's house and then like do the work thing there because she was actually aspiring to go as she had started go back to Spain to do teaching. Oh wow! Okay. So she had already uh, started studying um, abroad and part of a teacher's program, and they offered to let her go back. So she was working on that too. So this went from a person that I was going to go on a thirty-minute date with to a person that ended up being like a twelve-hour amazing experience before they were going to leave town for good. Okay. Um, to then, you know, still have them come back and visit me, but oh, then wow. also going from studying abroad, uh, or going from teaching abroad in Madrid to now studying abroad in Utrecht. They, um, they obtained their citizenship. In oh, Europe. wow. Yeah. Congratulations and on that. And so, you know, she's coming back mm-hmm. and visiting, coming back for the summer. It's going to be a constant thing, but I kind of commit, that person is, is my comet lover. So, okay. you know, she's just this amazing goddess and i just wanted to give that small plug because in this point that was the half we are still in a long-term relationship that was before i met genesis and giving respect to that autonomy genesis also was one that was growing in my life during that time while i lost a partner at that point and then ended up losing another oh wow Wow. okay so do you guys have any type of hierarchy or do you consider yourself more like relationship anarchists anarchists would, would be i think maybe too hard of a swing I, you know i, I don't want to take away the space from people who actually are relationship anarchists and have maybe more fleshed out or more progressive ideas on myself i will say that i'm a little bit of a quirky turkey myself <laughs> i love but, that but um in any case you know genesis can identify that how she wants with that but we're both non-hierarchical okay Got that's it. why i wanted her to be able to introduce herself Yes. Like, I don't Absolutely. want this to be tied to the fact that she's here just because of me. Right. She's here out of the autonomy that she's amazing and she can do these things herself. I know. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Hell Absolutely. yeah. We, we heard we heard that you had a partner and we were like, wait a second. She's got to come too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Your nesting partner because we wanted to meet and, and get both 
a lot of times both sides of the stories. Not that it's not the same story, but it's just a f- different perspective. Mm-hmm. And how you guys arrived at this and how you guys make it work. So do you have partners outside of your nesting partner right now? At the moment, no, not right now. Okay. Um, I, like, see people. Like, uh-huh. I go on dates and stuff, but I'm not actually currently dating someone at the moment. Uh. So what if, what boundaries have you set with each other? Is it just let me know ahead of time, or how how do you work that? So, like, we do scheduling. We try to let each other know when we're going to be out, um, what time we probably will. We obviously will be back. We are we usually send each other our locations <laughs> just to be safe. Uh, oh, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, Tag team. Check in. Yes. Do you want to add something to that? Um, to, to that uh, for boundaries? Um, oh, and no lying. Yeah, like that. No just, lying. Yeah. Yeah. Just got to keep it like the open book. Like nothing should be, you know, too shocking, too bad. Because again, kind of like that safe space for your kids. Same within polyamory is that. You got to give respect to your partners. Oopsies happen, big things happen, or big changes happen, and you need to be able to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, things will fall apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we preach no lying, so trust <laughs> and communication. Yeah. Oh, yes. It's huge. And respect. Respecting, you know, mm-hmm. your partners and their boundaries is always really important. So do you guys think that you would ever get married? You, is that ever something, either to each other or outside of? Matrimony is such a strange subject in general. <laughs> um, this coming just stemming from patriarchal standards that oh, yeah. is a whole large lecture in and of itself. Oh, yeah. But it, if, if I had to just give more so an honest is that I want to be paired to this girl for the rest of my own life. Oh, wow. And, Aww. you know, hoping that wherever I go, you might go with or wherever you go, I can at least try to go with. Because, you know... I want you around. Aww. How cute. Oh, cute. <laughs> Love it. That is so that's uh-huh. so beautiful. So if it's a ring, if it's just a paper, if there's anything you want to put on that, then yeah, of course. But like I don't want it to necessarily be tied to this idea then as well that we can't be similarly close with other people or that other people can't be invited into our lives like that. Yeah. Um for me I want like a form of marriage I guess like um in my head I don't like the idea of like marriage because it's just like a lot of ownership a lot of your mind this is mine (laughs) um yeah so I like the idea of like a celebration though to let each other know that like I plan to be in your life for however long you live and so I like the idea of that and I also like the idea of like a wedding (laughs) I think like the parties are really pretty and you're always like grown up or, like, as a woman, you, like, always fed this idea. is like, you have to be so excited for this wedding day. And so... It's something that you look mm. for from yeah. the time that you know what it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I guess I'm still looking forward for right. that idea. Um, but I feel like marriage shouldn't technically be for, like, just one couple. Like, it should be for however many people you want. Like, you have lifelong friends. Why can't you have lifelong, like, partnerships? Especially if it works out, like... Right. How do you think you guys growing up, both of you, um, where monogamous relationships were really your only example, even if they were even if there was infidelity mm-hmm. or or cheating? How did you get to a point where you realized this isn't the way that I want to live and you were able to because you guys are so young. And so it's amazing to me that this generation, when we talk to people in your generation, you're so clear about mm-hmm. not needing those boundaries and not having to conform to the old ways. And I love that. And I mm-hmm. wonder how you guys feel like you got there, even though you had the same upbringing of, you know, marriage and parents and things like that. Constricting, yeah. you know, old school rules. Right. Uh, as a more scientifically developed person myself, frankly, a lot of forms of morals that were fed are bullshit. Thank Agreed. you. I can, Thank you. I can say that, that I'm a more of an ethical person. I, I want to build off of like actual, you know, science and bases and things that I can quantify, qualify, or even just talk about or theorize. If I can't get to that point, there's really no point in me like fussing over it. Like, yeah, okay, like uh, a, a weird like uh, amoral stance would be like you you say to somebody like, um, why is cannibalism bad? And like somebody might say like, well, because you're eating other people. That's just that's morally objectionable. And I go, well, yeah. 
But you also have to take into account for people that maybe don't know this or, or have just like a warped understanding or maybe they were just brought up differently. So from an actual ethical standpoint, I would just say to everyone, don't do it because it's super unhealthy. It's yeah, kind of really gross. And then also on top of that one, we are a communicative species set down by our good old friend Sophocles. So I would then just put out there that Aristotle. Um that we put out there that we are a species of communication, therefore we should not eat our phones. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right? <laughs> so how lose out on that person. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you think you arrived here? Um, I, like, all throughout my childhood, like, I guess, like, my high school years and stuff, I had problems dating. Like, I had problems either... I had a super unhealthy relationship or I had a healthy relationship and then fall out of love with that person. Oh. Yeah. And so it was like very frustrating because I didn't know what to do at that moment. I didn't know if I would ever be okay to be with another person. Um, so for, before I met her, I was just kind of just having friends more so, um, than any type of serious commitments. And, uh, when I met her again, she, like, showed, or when I met her, she showed me, like, an actual healthier form of polyamory where it doesn't have to be hierarchical. It can just be, like, everyone has a connection, like, their own connection with another person, and it's very special. No matter, like, you'll never have a connection with a person like that again. No matter who it is, it will be different. It's, like, right. you guys... One plus one equals two, but it's always a different type of two, I feel like. <laughs> yes, this is correct. Yeah. I mean, you got to ask it to any parent out there that maybe looks at this objectionably and ask them if they have more than one kid. If one of those kids just decides to up and run away from home, it doesn't matter how many kids you have in your household, you are going to be broken. Right. So don't take this for granted. Mm-hmm. Well said. It was very, like, mind-boggling to me because I had, for one, never, like, felt this confident in a relationship. Secure? Yeah, this secure in a relationship. And growing up, everything I told my mom was a lie because if you don't give somebody a safe place to tell you stuff, they're not going to want to tell you anything. So everything I told my mom was practically a lie in some shape or form. Um, it might have like parts of the truth, but it was definitely a lie because mm-hmm. I just did not feel safe at all. And so when me and her got together, it was very like, at first it was almost hard not to lie to her because in every relationship too, it was like I had to tell lies because I felt like the other person couldn't handle how I felt or the other, or I had to say something so that person wouldn't be like heartbroken or whatever. And so it was very interesting um, meeting her and her telling me, like, I would rather you just tell me it and be upfront. And so it was very hard to be like, should I lie or should I just go ahead and be upfront? Mm-hmm. And I always had to tell myself, I'm like, well, if this person cares about me and likes me, then they're just going to accept of how I feel and they're going to help me and I'm going to help them through how I feel and we can figure it out instead of building lies and lies until everything collapses. Mm-hmm. Hey, for the queer community, you want us to stop being liars? Let us peel off our layers. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and you had to break the cycle. That's what you were used mm-hmm. to. And even though it was your mother, it was still a relationship. And that's what you were used to having to put up with in relationships. If I'm going to have this person continue to accept me for who I am, I feel like I need to protect what they know. Exactly. Yeah. And it can be really hard for some people to learn this because I remember somebody at my old job talking about how she had finally left her like emotionally be abusive husband, a cheating husband, um, and she felt amazing. And she was like, I need to tell my mom that she needs to leave her relationship because I had brought up that this abusive relationship is okay because my mom was like showing me it was okay. Right. And so I just think it's very interesting that like we sh- we should be very careful in how we show and how we should tell people what is a good <laughs> relationship. Oh yes. I feel oh, like yes. we don't teach young people what a healthy relationship is whether it's monogamous or polyamorous. I feel like we don't teach good boundaries, good like communication. 
I feel Agreed. like. Yeah. Yeah. We set ourselves too heavily into other people's insecurities and we bow at the neck every time for a moment of passing jealousy. Mm-hmm. And these are things that regardless of what kind of structural relationship you're in, they're just toxic. Yes. There is no giving into this. There is no, this person is the one. That's why I do this. No. Everyone kind of needs to work on themselves a little bit to make everything work. Otherwise, you know, you're constantly filling a cup and draining your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like you have to always constantly be working on yourself. Right. Yeah. And your, you know, your relationship with yourself, if that isn't successful, no other relationship is going to be. No. And so you can't, you can't give anything if you don't, if, if you're not taking care of home first. Like mm-hmm. polyamory is, is kind of just literally the, the yoga of love at this point. You have to have that kind of <laughs> discipline that you always want to keep working on yourself and getting better and doing better. Right. Because guess what? Unlike this, you know, matrimonious, monogamous relationship where you slap a ring on that bitch and then you can just sit on the couch for the rest of your life, you have to do stuff. You have to yeah. be amazing. You have to be fun. You have to get out there. You can't just talk about the things you want to do. Yeah, I Roll up your fucking sleeve, Susan. Start doing them. That's well, right. And even if you're in a matrimonious relationship, doing that will be the end of it. If you don't constantly work on your relationship, mm-hmm. whether you're polyamorous, whether it's, you know, with same gender, opposite gender, it doesn't matter. If you're not constantly working on that relationship, the relationship's going to die. Yeah, become an English patient. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> She's a literate bitch. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to you have to make sure that your relationship with yourself is really healthy. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to be the person that you want to be for your partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I personally love um, polyamory so much is because I always tell myself the number one person you should think about is you and you should always be focused on yourself and if somebody else can't handle that then that means that they want to own you almost like if you want to study abroad or something then you go study abroad but if your partner's holding you back I feel like that's just a form of ownership and it's so unhealthy and it's honestly almost scary I feel like control yeah Mm -hmm. you know you know you actually want to be like a safe landing point for people then if you are true and you're genuine with them about it and they want to go do something in their life they want to step away for a little bit then you already have that determination whether or not you have a home for them should they want to come back and if you're keeping that home open i think most assuredly they will come back Mm -hmm. we like familiarity right Mm -hmm. but we're also not afraid of change Right. And we have to respect ourselves as humans to be able to do so. I mean, otherwise, then evolution is completely forfeit for us, isn't it? Right. <laughs> I would say most of us are not afraid of change. I think the big yes. reason for us doing this show is there's a lot of people that will still be judgmental of relationships, oh of choices that other people have made, of what you have decided to do with your life. Yeah. yeah. Well, you already <laughs> think that people aren't going to judge me for right. this. Yeah. Right. I'm already set for this, bitches. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. You can't scare me. Right. No fopo. No fopo. Uh, that, that's like a gamer moment here. Anyone play Fallout 3? Yeah. No. No. Had a, had, had, a friend, had a friend, first time he picked up the Tesla cannon, he aimed it at like a vertebrate, and we were sitting there amongst him, and it was so hilarious that he had this moment where he was just like, I do not fear you, and he shot it, and it blew up instantly in one go, and I was just like, yeah, and that's a thought that stuck in my head of just like, look look at how I present now, like actually being myself, and, and you know, cracking this egg open, and like, uh, hello, I'm a girl, and yes. then people are already going to judge me for this. Right. Like, why why do I have to care then about at the sexuality parts or the relationship structure after Thank that? Thank you. Point? Right. Thank you. Right. No fopo. Yeah. Fear <laughs> of other people's opinions. No. Nope. So, what challenges do you guys feel like you face right now, though? Do you have a hard time with with people dealing with your relationship structures? I don't feel like we've really encountered that much discrimination about it. Just a lot more support from certain people. Awesome. Uh, family members, it's a different story because that's not a not a really it, that's not really cracked open. You know, that's the solidarity of the fact that within the flag of polyamory, the red for passion, compassion, and love, the blue for love of all peoples of shape and gender and size, and then black for the solidarity of those that can't come out or come front about it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's a little bit of what we bear with that. I guess if I can speak on that i would actually say that my um experience is a little different mm-hmm. i've had like 
even dates like I had a date with uh this one trans girl like I had a couple dates with her and every single date she would bring up the point it's just like well Yvonne is your main person because you guys live together and I'm like every relationship brings something to the table that another relationship does not bring so you're saying that they're more important just because I live with them when actuality I am most compatible to live with them. I might not, like, our relationship might fall apart if we live together. We just might not be compatible in that type of way. Right. So it's just, like, just because you're jealous of one of another relationship doesn't, like, you can validate that, and then you can figure out how to move on. Right. But in the end, you need to be able to be okay with what your partner wants most. Right. Right. I think the the main takeaway is that Everybody wants to be happy. Yeah. Everybody and, deserves to be happy. Right. Exactly. And everybody deserves that. And so breaking the mold of what a traditional relationship is, and that can mean so many different things, whether it's polyamory or even if you're, we have married friends that don't live together. Yeah. They don't. Right? They don't nest together. They have, or they have separate nesting partners, mm-hmm. but they're married to each other. And that that's okay. Like you do you, boo boo. I know, right? <laughs> oh, right. I I would like to at least call out at that point. This is this is like staying in one's lane or checking one's privilege at that point. That I didn't realize that that was your experience with. Her name was. I remember the name. Yeah, I remember who that is. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I I spoke forward for your case without considering that. Yeah, you you had different dates than my own. Yeah, no, it's okay. But yeah, I think I had like an actual more longer term relationship where he had also like had he didn't upright say it but he had obvious problems that like there was moments where he's like we should live together maybe more down the line and then I moved out and he would kind of get upset because I didn't ask for him to live with me but I'm just yeah because he like had lived in his parents house because he had broken up from another relationship and she kicked him out and I'm just like that seems kind of like you're using me of course I'm not gonna ask you to live with me right Right. come on yeah and so yeah it was just stuff like that where he was just like well I'm obviously not important because you didn't tell me this and then anytime I had gone out with friends whether or not it was like gonna be sexual he would kind of seem a little pissy about it like and jealousy is normal jealousy is normal yeah regardless of whether you're comfortable in polyamory or not there's instances that are going to come up where and it might not even be a sexual thing or a living thing it might just be oh you guys want to go do that well I really wanted to do that with you (laughs) you know what I mean it could be something so simple but it's normal and you have to work through those feelings with each other and you have to be cognizant that just because you're feeling this way I don't want to take away from that I want to validate your feelings but there's a reason we need to get behind that reason of why you're feeling this way and a lot of times it's abandonment issues or issues from childhood or you know some sort of trauma that they've gone through in the past that makes them feel insecure in this relationship and it's something that again if you haven't done the work yourself you can't help another partner through that those feelings and so it it's really it takes a lot of work it's not <laughs> you know it's like with mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. it's you know it doesn't get easier on number 2 no it's just as much work if not more mm-hmm. <laughs> And so it's the same thing with relationships. It's a lot of work to manage those moving parts and make sure that you're giving the time and the attention and meeting the needs of that relationship with each partner. And so, you know, it's something to to be proud of within yourselves because it does. It's a lot of work. Being married to one person oh, is a yeah. lot of work. I, I can't even imagine like two or three. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys hope will change? How do you hope that it'll get easier for you guys? Ultimately, just I I want to say that just more communication about it, and uh you know more forwardness about it will hopefully help those kind of gears of change, um especially since it's kind of weird also in the friend building universe of things like the weird tippy toe of monogamous standards and um just in general like not using you know certain words certain verbiage or being open about yourself especially to friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because if they're supposed to be your friends they're supposed to be able to know right there's no reason that i should ever have to hold anything back exactly friends are chosen 
family. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. So that I guess along, right. along that same road is that if, if a lot of people could just kind of equally grow to either that tolerance or that understanding just enough so that I can, you know, like be more myself. Like, let me peel off another layer, folks. You got to give me the right atmosphere for this. I'm not taking off the coat until I feel a little cozy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so, yeah, you know, I want to take off this coat more for people because I feel like there's a lot of beautiful and enriching experiences that I can't explain sometimes because it comes with the moniker of this person I went on a date with, this person that I was seeing for a bit, this person that maybe I went to blank with, or this person that me and them, you know, went uh, and saw blank, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, you you keep on stacking up these things that you can't say to people. You just be like, oh, someone I know. Well, what if it's really important? Well, <laughs> like, yeah, that's why I wanted to be able to explain who everyone is as a dynamic. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I thank you guys for coming on the show. I know. We appreciate you guys so much. Your love is beautiful. and And I can tell, you know, just by the way that she talks to you and respects you and even apologizes up front right away, doesn't hesitate to take take ownership of her actions or her words. Mm-hmm. And I love it. You guys have a beautiful relationship and I really hope you guys all, the, I wish you guys all the best. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ishes, if you want to see more of them, check us out on Patreon. You're going to get their pink couch confessional. Hey, watch out now. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, go to our website, monogamishpodcast.com to see how you can support us. Have a great day. See you guys later. Bye.